everyone, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, I have the pleasure to invite a new professional we have yet to bring on the podcast. He is a managing partner of a electronical, industrial, all-jack-of-all-trades company called Tech Revolve. And I'm going to let him explain to you what exactly they do. Introducing Mr. Ryan, and I'm going to kill your last name. I apologize. Shirzadi. That's awesome. Um, yeah, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, I'm Ryan Shirzadi. I'm one of the owners at Tech Revel. Um, you know, I work out of the Houston office primarily. Um, however, you know, we specialize in building, you know, technology for companies, technology for startups, um, and working with enterprises on consulting and making the business processes better. So we'll do gap analysis with the enterprise companies um, to basically optimize any business processes. Um, and then from there, yes, yeah, so we have worked in multiple industries. We have worked in industrial, we've worked in oil and gas. Um, we've worked in automotive, we've worked, you know, kind of, uh, all over the board as far as that goes. Um, and it's been, you know, a pleasure really helping people kind of scale up their ideas and making their, uh, dreams come true through technology. So that's something that we've been, um, doing for the last three years here in Houston, um, and globally for the last, uh, six years. So it's something that uh, we're very passionate about. So, um, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm glad, uh, that we can, um, have this podcast. Well, that's very impressive. <clears throat> Six years you guys been around thus far, and you've already been, you're already working worldwide, international levels. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're global. Um, we're actually start scaling up our Dubai operations right now. Um, so that's been really interesting, kind of working internationally like that on a, on a level, um, you know, where we're, where we're trying to expand into these different markets. Um, but yeah, no, it's been an incredible journey so far. And, um, you know, there's quite a bit of stuff that we've learned along the way. Um, so, um, yeah, it's been really interesting. Wonderful. Wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit about what got, uh, the process started to give birth to Tech Revolve? Sure. I mean, um, so I was involved, uh, six years ago back then that was my partners now, um, who were starting it. It was kind of, you know, um, building, we were getting, you know, some notoriety, um, we were working with clients, uh, specifically starting in like the automotive space. Um, so we built a, one of the first platforms for, um, car delivery. Um, so that was really cool. And, and getting a start like that, you know, meant we were kind of changing, uh, the way things were being done. Cause I mean, you're looking at 2016, nothing was coming out, um, like that. So, I mean, it was, it was really cool to start like that. And really like since then it's been so many cool projects, so many cool things that we've learned. Um, but yeah, three years ago when I got involved, you know, I came in to really scale up any operations here in the, in the U S um, you know, the main part was really focusing on the client and making sure that the client's needs were met, uh, to a degree that, you know, we could bring these dreams to reality, right? So me being here really helped. And so far we've scaled with the team quite a bit out here in Houston, uh, and surrounding areas. We've been working in Miami quite a bit, um, like, especially with the blockchain and stuff as that's been a new and un- upcoming technology. I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole you know genesis of of tech revel right revolutionizing um, the industry revolutionizing technology uh, even our awards you know we call people the revolutionary award right so I mean there's you know so much that goes into it and it, it ties so much into our vision for the company um, that it's like a, it's almost like um, I live by this now right I live by you know continuing to revolutionize ideas making things better and uh, helping clients kind of figure out the the right way to undertake these things. Impressive, impressive. 
So what made you decide to pursue a career in this kind of field and specifically your role as an owner? And I'm sure there's a lot more roles that you play as well in addition to that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So the inspiration for this is, um, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. So, I mean, I've started multiple companies prior um, and I knew the space, you know, prior to coming in, the space was really, um, it's a, it was a tough space, you know, in, in um, 2018, 2019. I mean, you couldn't just call anybody and go get a, you know, a website developed or an app developed. I mean, half the time, you know, you'd get your idea run off with or something like that. There are a lot of issues in the industry. So that kind of led us towards, you know, discussing and, and starting Tech Revel here and, and making that impact because we knew there was an issue with people finding unethical companies. And, you know, if you hit 90% of them and, and that's the way it is, I mean, there was definitely a need for a company to come out that could actually come in and scale people and their their visions and their dreams. So, I mean, that's kind of like the whole, you know, genesis of why I wanted to be involved in this. Um, and also, you know, I, I've always loved technology. I mean, it's been something that's inspired me. I've coded since I was younger. Um, I think it was like probably 11 or 12 when I started coding. Um, so, I mean, it's something that's always interested me and, um, you know, getting into this and being able to take that knowledge and apply it to other people's ideas, especially at the beginning, because you'd hear all these awesome ideas coming out of the, out of Houston. Mm -hmm. Like so many people have such amazing things they want to do, but it's a limit to doing it due to education, um, due to, you know, actually having that drive to want to own something like this that can change the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's definitely scary. So, you know, being able to be that person for people and help them actually realize like what they have and, and, and the full potential, um, really has been rewarding. Um, and it's actually a reason why I, I get up every day is, is cause it's like really exciting, um, to be able to hear all this stuff that's coming out and even working with our enterprises, right? I mean, doing this and, and going through all their, their processes and um, finding any gaps and being able to identify how this could be better, how their employees could be uh, more efficient, more productive. Um, these are things that, you know, are very necessary to every brand. So, um, you know, it's really fun stuff that we get to do here. Well, that's very impressive. That's very impressive, man. So you said you t started doing coding and things like that earlier on. So what kind of programs or uh, systems did you start on working with that now what kind of programs do you use that is like more more popular to use now in everyday work? I mean, sure. There's been you know so many changes since I started. Um, like I think I was doing HTML to begin with, and mm. um, you know it was it, it's such a big change. I mean, nowadays like using React Native, using these cross platform development tools, Flutter, um, people are really interested in this because you can get you know um, you can get things pushed out a lot quicker now. Um, and yeah, I mean. That's for startup side. I mean, as far as the other side, we have a team of about 280 now. So um, we are able to undertake like all types of projects. We work in AI, AR, um, VR, it's virtual reality and augmented reality for those who don't know. Um, IoT, so Internet of Things. We connect devices to platforms to be able to control them. So if oil and gas, we're tracking fuel levels, we're tracking pressure, these types of things. Um, even we had the opportunity to work on a on a suitcase um, that was smart luggage. Um that was really an awesome project. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've scaled up to these different places. We do machine learning as well. Um, so being able to apply these to the platforms we're building and be able to take knowledge from other industries and apply them to different industries that might we might be looking at, uh, you know, has been has been really amazing um, as far as the way that we're able to kind of give new ideas or, or revitalize different industries through using other 
um, areas where maybe other industries are doing better, right? And taking these and saying, okay, so like, look, the, this might be able to be applied here if, if you wanted something like this. I mean, it, it really depends. But at the end of the day, taking this general knowledge and being able to apply it to anywhere is, has been really, uh, really interesting. Excellent. So I have to ask, because me and audio, I know software is always changing, but in your field, you have so many different disciplines and technology. So how often are you guys changing and updating the technology software that you're using? It's like a quarterly thing, an annual thing, or a, it's a Monday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's a Monday, right? Like um, randomly, like we ended up getting into blockchain really heavily. Um, and that's something we've been focusing a lot. So we've been doing some NFT drops and um, other projects like that, some dApps on the App Store. So we were actually one of the first hundred uh, dApps that were actually available on the iOS store, um, you know, which was really cool. That was something we built for a client. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, these technologies don't stop and we have to keep up. And it's not a, it's not about, you know, quarterly or monthly or, or it's when it happens, right? When you're looking at something that's changing, you need to get on it and be a part of it. And that's what we actually train our employees internally. So uh, sometimes we don't even end up hiring the resource. We end up signing up for certificates or training programs to be able to train internally and be able to identify how to scale up an employee better. At the end of the day, it's it, for us, it's all about educating our employees and making sure they leave, it when, if they do leave, when they do leave, whatever, that they're more educated than when they came in. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if they're referring their brother, their cousin, you know, whoever else, we expect the same for them to learn and, and, and um, leave or stay and, and, you know, be more educated every day. Wonderful, wonderful. So, I mean, you could hear a pencil drop probably in that office because you're just, everybody's just hard at work, just grinding away, doing everything because there's not a dull moment in there, it oh, sounds no. like. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we're working on a ton of projects right now. Um, the entire team is usually engaged. Um, you know, there's a lot of products and stuff that we want to release as well that we're, you know, working on as far as in the background. But, you know, obviously with all the clients and everything, we want to make sure that that comes first always. So, I mean... As a technology company, you know, obviously having your own portfolio and being able to, you know, scale clients up and the consulting side is what we've been focusing on a lot lately is making sure that we're not only building something for the client, but they're also educated on what they're building. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And so you do have offices, not just here in Texas and Houston, but, you know, worldwide, nationwide, things like that. So do uh, certain offices have certain like, specialties that they focus on or is everybody kind of cross-trained in all the areas? So um, we have a kitchen. So, I mean, we have a place where most of the developers will be. Um, and that's generally like where all the production happens. So usually the offices are used more for consulting. Um, so like usually the consulting consists of different technologies people bring in, like let's say somebody's building like a car delivery platform or somebody's building a, um, you know, a, a food delivery platform. Like having a person that specializes in different sections is great, but like the main thing is to cross train everybody and be able to understand how you can, like I said earlier, how you can apply this industry to another industry. How can you scale up the idea in the best way, most mm -hmm. effective way? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, man. Because I was wondering, you know, in some parts of the world, maybe, you know, you might have certain resources, like you said, oil and gas, certain offices may be more inclined to have more resources for this and that and the other mm -hmm. kind of thing. But that's excellent that you have the resources to cross train everybody mm -hmm. across the board. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We expect everybody to be prepared to discuss at any technical level with any client. Um, even oil and gas projects, like I work closely with oil and gas projects, but I could assign you know somebody else to do it because I know that they can bring that same value. Excellent. Excellent. 
And so one of the services your company offers uh, is web development. So can you tell us a little bit about what kind of um, aspect of web development you offer and what makes your uh, TechRevol a leading competitor amongst the other web developers? Sure. I mean, like for us, it's about identifying the idea, identifying the need, identifying the technology solution that makes sense for that. Um, so with web development, we've worked on multiple platforms. I don't really want to go into each example because, I mean, sometimes there's NDAs and stuff involved, and I'm not going to kind of go into that. But it's all on our, a lot of it is on our portfolio on the website. Um, you know, however, it's it's a matter of really, at the end of the day, understanding the vision. Like, I think understanding the vision, understanding the business plan, uh, and having these as, you know, almost like a roadmap, um, and then being able to identify what goes on, you know, after that, what kind of code are we going to use? You know, we all build most, all, well, all custom solutions for everybody. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to the vision, the need, and that's what we assess to be able to assign the right stack to what we'd be developing with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really just depends. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have like designers and then you have the engineers and you have the coders and things so like that? So I can go through the process. Absolutely. So, you know, what generally happens when we take on a project is we always, you know, once this contract signed, once we get through the level of efforts, all this good stuff, a level of efforts, by the way, is, is a way we're able to kind of, um, before we ever sign anything, really show that we understand the concept, get a baseline understanding before we move into any any development, any coding, any any designs, any anything else. Once we sign the contract on that, uh, and it's clear everybody is on the same page, from there we would do start doing a scope document, scope documentation. Generally, we're we're doing a fairly large document, about sixty to seventy pages, um, of all just technical uh, documentation, making sure the idea is understood even further, and diving into exactly how this is going to function. From there, we're going to flow into the designs, right? So the designs is where we start actually, you can think of Figma or you could think of Adobe XD, these types of designs that you can kind of click through and take you to the associated screen. You'd be able to look at the UX, the UI, make sure everything feels good, looks good, uh, and is functioning correctly as far as like, as far as we can see through static images at the time being. Um, from there, we we would get a sign off, right? So like we'd actually go through and and we make sure everything's in a place where the process makes sense going through it, right? So after that stage, we have a sign off at, at each of these milestones. So the first sign off would be the designs and scopes. You'd say yes, that looks great. We move forward into the alpha, right? So alpha is where we're actually coding out the front end, depending on what you know you're building. It depends on the code base, but we're coding out the front end, making sure it looks good. Um, then we jump into testing it, making sure the client's on the same page. So it's a very it's a process that's very collaborative, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to we don't want to run too far ahead and then have to jog back, right? Mm -hmm. um, we want to be on the same page all the way through that. That's why we have these milestones. So the second milestone, alpha is closed out. We agreed to this. You sign off on the document. We move forward into beta. Beta, you're actually connecting the front and the back end using middleware, building a database, dashboard, admin panels, these types of things. Um, once all this is tested by the client and us, uh, making sure everybody's on the same page, any iterations are made that need to be made, we would uh, then sign off and then move into the testing, which is UAT. So we have a QA team that's involved throughout the whole process. The QA team really makes sure everything's working prior to any release goes out to any clients. Um, so this is included generally in our process and same with the project managers. So you'd have a one point of contact. Um, and yeah, so once once QA is done and UAT is done at the very end, we would release the app to the App Store or, or go live. Um, so it, it depends on what you're doing. But yeah, that's the general process of how we undertake these types of projects. Additionally, 
Um, we do some um, team-based engagements or staff augmentation, um, fractional CTO engagements as well. So these startups that need a little bit more of a helping hand, that need a little bit more of guidance on the technology side can have that at a fraction of what they would normally look at to get somebody on their team or giving up equity and stuff like that. So. Excellent. Yeah, because you guys work with anybody from small businesses to larger corporations. Mm -hmm. So do your needs, uh, your needs on the project do differ depending on your clients, surely, and what exactly they're looking for kind of thing? Absolutely. It's on a it's on a need basis. Um, and that's kind of also why we were able to scale up into consulting. Mm -hmm. um, because at, at that end, we're already kind of we were already kind of doing that. All we needed to do is really identify the UI UX audits, making sure everything's functioning. Um, you know, perfectly prior to going through and, and adding these additional, um, I guess, um, stop points where we can make sure we're flowing correctly. At the end of the day, uh, building an app, it's not a fun process by any means. It's not <laughs> like, hey, I want to build an app. Let me enjoy these next six months or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, this, is all, this is a business. You're mm -hmm. starting a business when you build an app. So it shouldn't be fun and games. It needs to be taken very seriously. And, and that's something we focus on and making sure the client is getting educated and is understanding what we're, what we're about. Excellent. So the what is would be that you said maybe the average project could be a couple months, give or take, depending the necessity of the project. It depends. I've seen projects go out in three months, um, and I've seen projects go out in two months, and I've seen projects go out in eight months. I've seen projects go out in two years. Like when you're doing game development, you're looking at a longer timeline. There's a lot more pieces depending on the game. Like if you're building a metaverse or something like that, you're looking at a longer development time. If you're building something with a lot of 3D animation and, and 3D characters, a little longer time. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at business solutions, if you're looking at other solutions in the startup space, enterprise space, starting a technology company um, that focuses on certain things that are like SaaS solutions or whatever else, um, these generally take, will take a lot less time. So you're looking at generally like an average timeline of probably about um, five to eight months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I, in a web developing and compared to something else that you offer with the game developing, I can imagine that could take quite some time. Oh, exactly. With web development, it's usually very quick, um, very quick turnarounds. You're looking at two, three, maybe four months, depending on the scope, scale. Uh, app development generally is like four to six months and then going into like, you know, other integrating other platforms or or other tools like AI or whatever else um, would generally like increase the timeline just depending. Mm -hmm. And you also offered like you mentioned the um, augmented reality and the virtual reality. So what is the is it a similar kind of process? You have your same your milestones that you check off before moving on to the next stage, so on and so forth. Exactly. So sometimes we scale the milestones for game development specifically. Um, generally, since the timeline's a lot longer, we need to make sure that you know everything is scaling effectively. And and obviously, since it's longer, you have to you kind of increase the amount of times that you're um, stopping and saying, okay, let's let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's test it. Let's you know get through the designs first, right? The designs on their own usually take a while because you're making sure that the map's good. Like you have everything set up correctly. So I mean, it really it really depends. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean. Um, your game development uh, or, you know, whatever else is going to be, um, take quite a bit longer. Than <laughs> Do you have to work with a bigger uh, client team as well? You know, not just speaking with one or two people maybe, but maybe like, you know, uh, the client's uh, sales rep and the client's designer and so on when it comes to game development? It depends on the client. So like some clients come in as a single solopreneur and want to build a game, and that's totally fine. We have the team and resources to be able to supplement their um, understanding and, and be able to help where we can. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can come in as an individual. You can always come in as a team. We work with teams well. We don't bite. So, um, you know, we, we really do enjoy like when people do bring a, a, a well-prepared team though and, and with, with the designated spots that would be able to help assist us in the development. But at the end of the day, like, that's why we built it. We started with startups. That's how we started. So, you know, with that in mind, we've already had that kind of team in place this whole time. So, Excellent. Excellent. Now, when it comes to mobile apps and platforms, things like that, um, is there a lot of uh, hoops or tricks you have to follow for iOS or Android systems or you, you've been doing it enough now you've got your workflow in place? Yeah, I mean, we have the workflow in place by now. Um, I mean, we've always had it in place. So that's never been an issue for us. Um, we've had native developers. We have the cross-platform and we've pretty much gotten every app we've uploaded to the App Store uploaded. Uh, actually, uh, pretty sure we're at 100%. So, yeah, I mean, every every app we've built is able to get on the App Store, um, and we follow the standards from Apple and, and Android. But there are standards um, that you do have to follow. Okay. So is the, the, do you have to explain these standards with your clients when they're talking about designing, um, you know, ideas for their apps? That's a that's a really good question um, because it it depends on, like, the project, right? If you're building a gambling application, uh, especially a couple of years ago, there's a very big chance you weren't going to get onto the App Store. Um, you know, these things are starting to scale back a bit, but at the end of the day, it's still like there's certain types of apps that you just kind of want to steer away from because there's a lot of uh, regulation and rules you have to follow to get these uploaded. Um, and and even things external from the app development itself, right? Getting regulations, getting um, being not regulations, getting certifications in different states. Um, you know, if you want to start in the UK, though, you know, you have a little bit more of a loophole. So I mean, it, it does depend on some of the stuff. And this is stuff we've already done so many times that we're kind of knowledgeable on where you can go and options you can have. But it's it, it really depends. Like at the end of the day, like if it's an app that's just, um, you know not following the Apple's guidelines, which is usually the tougher one. Um, Apple's guidelines, then it's it's a little bit more tough. Um, but you can always, you know, paint in a different picture sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to make those uh, bejeweled apps than the poker <laughs> apps sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Wow. Well, I mean, I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense, mm -hmm. man. Wow. And so speaking of tricky areas, you also work in IP protection. So I, I don't even know where to begin. So I'll just kind of vaguely ask you. So what, what kind of things are important about when it comes to IP protection that we, people that don't code, don't do none of that technology stuff, aren't aware of, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, something that's interesting about, you know, coding and, and building custom applications is that, you know, your code as an original author or artist on this is actually copyright inherently. However, to get better standards, to get better um, terms, you can register and get another copyright, um, you know, with the state or, or country. Um, so that's something that that's very important to kind of know is that you're already protected as an artist. Um, so that's cool. And then there's always the trademark route. So doing trademarks and making sure everything is kind of set up on that route. I mean, we don't we don't work in the patent space, trademark space or anything like that, but we do guide on how you can get things done better. Um, and then obviously there's trade secrets. These are things you hold close to your chest. If you can prove that, you know, there's something that you already developed that can be a theft by another person taking it. Um, and then there's utility patents and, and patents in general, right? So these are like using original code base. You don't patent the idea itself. Like if you build an app, you don't patent the app. 
you patent the code base behind the app. How did you do it? How did you like effectively get that done in a different way than it was done before, maybe? Or how or maybe it's a brand new thing, right? The code itself can be used. But at the end of the day, that's kind of ways that we can help. Also, we make sure with data security and stuff, we work with the best providers of hosting platforms. We work with AWS. Um, we're partners with them. So um, that's secure as far as that end goes. Um, and, you know, if we're doing healthcare apps, let's say, like we do work with HIPAA compliance and making sure everything and all the data going through is protected. So, I mean, it it, it does depend again. Like I, it's technology, it's kind of, you know, uh, wide web, but... Um, it does depend on what you're doing, but at the end of the day, getting things protected and making sure you're protected as far as your data goes uh, is something we take very seriously. We don't even set up the AWS account in our name. It's under your name, right? It's under your ownership. We set up your Apple profile as a developer under your name. It's your your thing. Um, so we're not going to touch any of that when we're done. It's it's for you. Unless you want a maintenance contract. Like, unless you need you know help making sure that the app is running and continues to run in case, like, let's say Facebook updates their SDK or... Um, you know, APIs updated on the back end, like Stripe updated their SDK the other day and they changed their entire code. So it's like, you know, we had to go back and make sure everything's set up. So those are like why maintenance contracts are, are um, effective. But um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it does, it does. Okay. And um, yeah, that's something that I was reading about on your website that I found very interesting too, that I was curious about. Is like you work with automotive and with healthcare f facilities too. They have a lot of sensitive information and things like that. So uh, with your offices or with your uh, departments that work on, you know, the IP protection and whatever kind of uh, services they require, do you have like 24-hour kind of monitoring kind of services that to make sure to, for sensitive information and activity, you're always continuing monitoring or you have a system for that? Yeah. So like I said, we work with AWS. So generally this will make sure all the data captured is, is in a, you know, safe um, you know, at the end of the day, like we do our very best to make sure anything's encrypted that needs to be encrypted and, and, um, you know, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it is the, uh, owner's code. So when we're done, we make sure that they have everything they need to make sure of that. And that's why we do the maintenance contracts also. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to use names specifically, but like, for example, if, you know, somebody is using a medical app for their, uh, medical office kind of things, those are some kind of the apps like you're able to develop as well. Like the yeah. things that go in there saying it's like, I want to log in and look at my uh, doctor's appointments and things like that. And so yep, forth. we've actually done that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So be honest, how much of a headache or not headache is it to develop those kind of apps? You know, those are actually not that big of a headache um, yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, it started out a little bit tricky. At the, you know, like I said, we train our team internally. So it's like training your team internally, sometimes problems arise that you're not prepared for. So getting people trained on a dime and being able to make sure that they understand, you know, how to do this stuff is the key. And, and getting, you know, professionals in the field to come in and consult sometimes is, is the key to that. Um, but yeah, I guess that I hope that answers what you were kind of saying. But, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, I, I'm just very impressed because I don't know how. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be brave enough, man. I'd be lying awake all night and be like, oh, my God, is this still working? <laughs> it hasn't been it hasn't been infiltrated, right? No viruses, please. No, no, that doesn't happen. Generally, we make sure that everything's protected. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so and you also offer one of my favorites is a music app development service. So can you tell us a little bit about that and what kind of uh, programs we may be uh, familiar with? Sure. I mean, you probably, we just released one a few days ago, um, but this one specifically is a streaming platform for music. Um, 
I'm probably not at liberty to say the name yet, um, but it's currently in marketing and, and they're working on kind of getting it out there uh, right now. But um, I'm sure it'll be on our uh, on our portfolio soon. So you'll be able to view it there. But um, yeah, as far as that platform goes, I've you know talked with people that are building uh, blockchain, you know, for for music industries. So utilizing the blockchain for other, you know, a uh, variety of things. I, I don't really want to go into each thing, but um, you know, storing music on NFTs, all the way to optimizing the flow of deals and stuff like that. So, yeah, and we even have a streaming platform we built. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably put that on the portfolio later, so everybody can kind of view that. Um, otherwise, I mean. It is a fairly large industry, and especially in like Atlanta and stuff, where I've gone quite a bit to make to meet with some of these uh, producers and brands. And there's definitely like a growing need and want to for more royalties that I've seen in the market for the artists, right? Mm-hmm. Especially recently, I've been seeing a lot. So that's a lot of people are calling and and calling in about that now, and something I've seen kind of a trend in okay. um, in building solutions in that industry, and um, it's somewhere we're proficient and have worked. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that brings me to another question I have in relation to that. So um, you guys being the technology side of the project predominantly um, with music apps, things like that, like, you know, you're saying earlier with the medical apps, you are in compliance with HIPAA law and things like that. Do you have to deal with ever uh, copyrights or, you know, laws for music or for samples, things like that with your apps? Exactly. It's it's quite interesting because like the teams that end up working on these first, end up kind of getting those projects in the future too. So once they kind of work through all these different, you know, areas where they can scale, where they can, you know, add value, where they can implement some of these processes that are necessary for these apps. So like with uh, financial applications, you got to be PCI compliant, you got all have all these things. So like in, in the music, there's, you know, definitely a few of those. Um, myself, I haven't worked specifically on any of them myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being the owner and everything. But, um, you know, as far as the team goes, um, you know, we usually assign, we will assign the same team that might have worked on the similar type of thing in the past to where they have this knowledge already and can guide the client um, through their process and like what they should probably be thinking about along the way, what we're developing to be getting done on their end. Bless you. <laughs> because I, I, why well, I think it's wonderful for cross training. I'm always about that, looking for that in my employment. I would be nervous boots <laughs> if it was my first time, and I was there with a whole bunch of newbies too. Be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, the great thing about the team is everybody's already very skilled and techno- technically, so it's not too hard to teach them how to do other things like that. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. But I'm sure just with the technology, you're constantly upgrading your team and uh, re-educating, I mean, uh, educating them on the new laws and regulations that's going on with all the stuff as well. Oh, we keep everybody updated with new things that are passing, especially Apple policies, Google policies. I mean, these are things we have to keep track of as they're as they're coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's necessary as a developer to know exactly what's going on in your space um, before the client. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so what would you say are some of your more popular services and or solutions right now that you and uh, and what different locations, if, if any special ones? So right now, I mean, we have a few apps that have gotten investment. Um, so that's really cool. Obviously, we were able to scale them up to quite a few users and multiple tens of thousands. Uh, range in the matter of months. Um, we have applications that have made partnerships with Walmart, um, L'Oreal, um, and pretty much a bunch of other big names in the space. Um, 
due to like just user base, right? The mm-hmm. idea when we develop apps is to go in at a design think level, making sure we understand how the customer is going to be using the app. There's just a plethora of things we've worked on. We've worked with the University of Kenya. We've worked with the University of California, San Francisco. We've worked with the University of Toronto, all completely different things. But I mean, it's uh, it's been you know an incredible like, journey to be able to see how the, the different needs of these are, are being um, transformed into their realities. Um, so yeah, I mean, you'll see stuff everywhere uh, <laughs> that we've kind of put out. Um, we put out like apps that you know help you stop vaping, oh, wow. uh, like even just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and we've put out apps that um, connect you with other people on a social media type level. We've done apps that are complete just games, right? Like open world games. Um, so I mean, we're all over the spectrum as far as you know what you might have seen, what you might have worked on. Uh, not worked on what you might have used or, or um, you know, otherwise we've worked in the golf industry, um, you know, with golfers and stuff. Um, and, you know, just continuing to develop, I think something we're very interested in is continuing to develop the the blockchain too. I mean, we're building in that space. We're um, part of the Metaverse standard boards, uh, standards board uh, now. So, um, you know, that's really cool to be a part of and we're helping build that out. Um, so the idea is just to continue to, scale up technology and change the world through that. Wonderful. Wonderful. So you've been active in your field long time, working a lot of different things. So it's kind of hard to surprise you now and to show you something new. But has there been anything since in your career thus far that you've seen that just kind of has been like, took you a second, it was kind of strange or took you a little bit, you know, to kind of familiarize yourself with? There's been one, um, one that kind of, um, not just one, but one in specific that I, I think of immediately when you ask that question. Um, and it was a VR application, and the VR application had to track your track your eye movements, um, your hand movement, and to be able to kind of put you in a place where you could be talking to another individual, mm-hmm. but it would grade you on how you were communicating with that individual by your eye contact, by, you know, all the other different verbal, nonverbal cues and verbal cues. So that, that was a really interesting one for me. And um, yeah, that was, that was probably one of the, especially coming out of Houston, like yeah. I would expect that in like California or Silicon Valley or somewhere like that. Um, but hearing that out of Houston and, and that was really close to when I started Tech Revel. So it was like, you know what? It, what does Houston have to offer here? Like, I feel like this is this is something you just wouldn't hear, um, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere. Given, let alone Houston. And this is like, you know, three years ago. You're looking at Houston when it was like in its infancy as far as technology development. It's kind of when we moved here, right? So like, it it felt like there was a little bit of a lag in our market, and the fact that people are having the ideas and just finding trying to find a way to to scale them up and to build them. And then, you know, us finally entering the market and being able to help with that, it, it was it was really incredible. Um, and, and that idea itself, still to this day, I'm like, wow, like, that's, you know, that's something different. That's something cool. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's uh, that was a really fun one to work on. That kind of technology is very fascinating to me. I remember when the Xbox 360 Connect came out, you know, and it. You know, you saw the little green light come out, mm-hmm. but I mean, and you could see the the diagram of it reading you. But uh, can you explain a little bit? I know it's probably not that easy of an answer, but like, what does it go involved in 
mapping out those points is it it almost reminds me kind of like a lie detector test is it similar technology a little bit or so that's like a little more tough for me to answer so i'm not like the full technical guy that develops this stuff (laughs) but um you know at the end of the day like i know it it, yeah at the end of the day it's going to read your read your body obviously through the camera this is kind of the more primitive way that they were doing it back in the past using an actual camera to like see you know what you were doing because if you remember the i think the playstation has the same thing Mm -hmm. with the camera and the little vr headset and you know the uh, sticks that you can hold um but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as that goes, they're like, as far as like, if you look at VR now, let's say, um, let's say you're looking at VR, you're looking at a Oculus Quest. Like at this point, you don't even have to have the controller. You can just use your hand because the camera is able to see your hand, right? So it's literally just u- utilizing the camera and then placing, and I hate to say this, almost like AR in front of you through VR. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the VR would be the virtual reality you're seeing, you're feeling, but it's still, you're able to see real things like your hands, mm-hmm. which is augmented reality. I mean, you're using your hands to pick up virtual objects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's a really interesting concept and a thing that's happening now. Uh, I'm really actually excited about the future of AR, especially though. I think... Um, It'll be more accessible to people. Additionally, like it'll be able to give you like different statistics and more empirical data as you go through your day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I see AR as being like the metaverse, is what you know people say nowadays, but you know tied to some virtual landscape. Excellent. But and that's a really roundabout answer, I think. <laughs> so um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not you know I don't code. I'm I don't code anymore for the company. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, like, it's it's utilizing technology from like you know you're looking at analog all the way to now, where we're actually trying to get more and more um, virtual. All of us, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I commend your person that maps out all those points, however they do it, because I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I couldn't do it. In fact. No, I mean, um, it's definitely a lot, and these guys have a lot of training on mm. this type of stuff. So it's it's something that, you know, we had to be aware of and had to be efficient and, and uh, effective at in order to scale. Yes. Well, it's a good thing that you offer the resources for everyone on your team to grow and to do their job efficiently. Exactly. And that's the main goal, educating people. That's all we can do right now, especially with the new technologies. We can educate people on how they can be more effective with it and how they can be inspired by it. Um that's the main goal for everybody. So for, from, from my perspective. Wonderful. Wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. I want to be more educated too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We can always learn, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate yours as well, man. I learned a whole bunch. Um, I don't envy your job, but <laughs> I, I learned a whole bunch. <laughs> cool. 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 <laughs> So do you have any last bit of advice for the listeners? Um, You know, I think for the listeners, anybody who's interested in technology or building, you know, a startup uh, and undertaking that feat, just know it's not an easy thing, um, but it's always doable and nothing in technology is impossible. We can do anything. You just put up your mind to it and understand what, you know, capabilities and what problem you're trying to solve. Additionally, um, you know, you can always visit us at www.techrevel.com. Uh, follow us at, at TechRevel on most of the major platforms, um, and we send like news updates, and we actually kind of send market data um, through these platforms as well, so you can kind of keep up with technology and stuff. 
Excellent. Excellent. And I'm going to start a GoFundMe because I'm going to ask you guys to create a Yu-Gi-Oh! stadium so that I can finally <laughs> battle monsters in AR. Oh, there it is. Yes. There it is. Happy to help. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Y'all y'all help me out. Okay. All right. Drop a dollar in the bucket. Okay. We're starting and we can GoFundMe. fight Yu-Gi-Oh! monsters together. I promise. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.